I am who you say I am, Jesus. Amen, church? I can't get any... Well, that's just the truth. I'll just leave it at that. That is the truth. Well, this morning, we're jumping into a series that I'm absolutely stoked for us to walk through together as a church. Uh, The series is called Sent. And it's a series to... Uh, to keep us as a church that is laser focused on our mission as a church. It's a series to keep us focused. It's a series to inspire us, to equip us, equip us, inspire us to live every day that God has given us that we have a breath in our lungs to take it as an opportunity to share Jesus, to be Jesus to someone who is around us. And I don't know if you know this or not, but our mission as a church is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. More and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our mission as a church because that is the mission Jesus has given the church. And I don't think we want to deviate from what he called us to do as a church. And we're going to walk through this series for six weeks. And we're going to focus, focus on making more disciples by you, me, we as a church becoming better disciples. Are you with me on that? Yes? All right. Before we get into this, I want to share some things with you uh, because I think sometimes we get into a series like this, uh, people get the wrong idea, and I want to make sure I'm very, very clear on something this morning. This series is not about our church getting big. This series is not about our church getting big. This series is about our church growing. Let me explain this. See, getting big means crowds and numbers. Growing means lives are being changed by Jesus Christ. And his church, this church. And I believe that as a church, if we live out our purpose and as a mission as a church, and we take hold of every opportunity that God gives us in life, we will grow. We will grow in our personal relationship with him. We'll grow in a deeper impact that we have in our own community. We will grow in our love for our neighbors. We will grow in our kids excited to become the church. We will grow with our teens living out their faith in school. We will grow and have stronger marriages. We'll grow having victory over addictions that we have in life. We will grow. And we also will grow with people coming to knowledge of their need of a Savior and surrender life to Jesus Christ and to make Him the Lord over their life. That we become a church that's regularly celebrating on Sunday mornings lives being changed by Christ. That we're calling them out by name. We're celebrating what God has done in their lives. We will grow. And we'll grow when when people take the next step after salvation into baptism. They'll come say, you know, I need to proclaim my faith and what Jesus has done for me. We will grow. And we'll grow with the number of people attending. And we'll grow with the number of services we offer. And we'll grow in the amount of locations that we have. We will grow. And I believe Believe this, everything of who I am, I believe this because I believe when Jesus says, I will build my church, he meant it. And as we walk through this series as a church, we'll not see that, we'll not only see that God desires his church to grow, but we'll also see and be convicted of that we have a part to play in it. It was scripted that way 
by our God, our Lord and Savior. Look at this passage from Romans. It kind of sets the series, foundation of the series. Paul, a follower of Jesus, wrote this. Uh, just before this, he shared, like, this is how you accept Jesus. This is what it looks like, how someone embraced salvation for themselves. But then he shares a couple of verses. They're very directing verses for you and I in the church. He says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are, you say the word, unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Unless we are sent, we are sent to share the gospel of hope as a church. We're sent to preach the good news that Jesus saves. You have to see, you have to go back to chapter 9, beginning of chapter 9. It's not going to be on a screen, but how serious Paul was about sharing the gospel. In fact, I'm just going to read a couple verses. Go back and look at it this afternoon. This is Paul talking. He says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, none of my own race, the people of Israel. Paul was saying, he was so convicted that the people need to hear and accept Jesus Christ. He says, I wish that I could be cursed, which I would just lose my salvation. Why? So the people I love, my own people would have it. Come on, church. Could we say that? I would have a hard time to say that. But that's how convicted Paul is about reaching people who are far from God. We have been sent. We have been sent. And that's what we're going to walk through for the next six weeks. What does it mean to be sent? And how do you and I, how do we as a church live it out? Let's get into this. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we'll be starting at verse 1 this morning. Open your Bibles, your Bible apps, so you can follow on the screen. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 1. The book of Acts was written by a follower of Jesus named Luke. And the book of Acts is actually Luke's second part to his two-part novel series. Luke also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, he lays out the life of Jesus, the birth, the the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But in the book of Acts, he's writing writing and witnessing the birth of the church. We just celebrate this morning, one of the songs we sang, the church arose, right? We are the church. And he's going to walk us through what the church is supposed to be and what we're called to do. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 1, follow along on the screen. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about what Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions by the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them convincing proofs that he was alive. Friends, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Our Lord and Savior is alive. And then it goes on to say, Then he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke with them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He says, Do not leave Jerusalem, 
But wait for the gift my father had promised, which you have heard, from, heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let me just stop right there. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and he's alive today, right now. And he's saying that when we surrender our lives to him, we, we give him our life. He's the Lord of our life. We receive not only the eternal life to be with him in heaven for all, ever and ever, amen, but we also receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit residing in the life and, the, and of each believer as our counselor, as our advocate leading us. Let's continue to read. He goes on in verse 6. And then they gathered around him asking him, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And then he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's just stop there again. When it comes to you and I living out our mission and purpose as a church... When it comes to you and I understanding that as followers of Jesus, we have been sent, we need to know with absolute clarity that we are witnesses. We are witnesses. And I love the fact that at this point they weren't called Christians. They were called witnesses. Witnesses to the truth of who Jesus is. Witnesses to the truth that Jesus is going to change everything and is in a process of happening. We are witnesses of what Jesus has done in our life, testifying who he is and what he has done and how he continues to mold us and shape us, how he has changed us from death to life, how he's changing us to become more like him and less like the world. We are witnesses, church, and we testify that this truth to all those around us. We just have to decide what kind of witnesses we're going to be. We have to decide what kind of witnesses be. Am I going to be a good witness or a bad witness for Jesus? I kind of feel like I'm speaking a little Wizard of Oz this morning. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Right? We we're going to be witnesses. We are going to be witnesses. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you said, he is the Lord of my life. We are going to be witnesses. We just have to decide what kind of witness are we going to be. Think about this for a second. Let's pull, let's pull this back in an idea that we can maybe grasp and understand. Uh, think about it in the, in the realm of a courtroom. If a, if a lawyer thinks that you are going to be a good witness, you're going to help their case, and he is going to use you, he's going to put you on a stand to prove the truth. But if he thinks you're going to be a bad witness, that you're going to hinder their case, would he use you? No. In fact, he's actually going to try to hide you. He's going to hide the information with you. Why? Because he realizes at that point, you'd be better working for the other counsel. That's the same with Jesus. That's the same with Jesus. If our lives don't reflect the transformation to the world around us, that we're actually changing, we've been changed, we are bad witnesses. Now, I'm not talking about us being perfect. 
the Lord knows that I'm not perfect. My wife knows that I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. What I'm talking about is you and I choosing to live in ways that we know that don't honor God, that doesn't bring him the glory, that doesn't show the world around us that we've actually changed. Because it certainly won't point people to him. And if that's what we choose to do, if that's what we're choosing to do at home, in school, in public, at work, in our neighborhood, we're probably more usable for the opposing counsel. I know who the opposing counsel is, right? Yeah, Satan and his minions. God doesn't exist. He doesn't do anything for you. Let's look, your life looks like the same without him as with him. Friends, we are called. We are called as a church to stand in the gap between a loving God and those who are far from him. To proclaim the truth that Jesus saves. But that means our lives need to match what we're proclaiming. Because we are witnesses and our lives are a testimony. Witnesses testify to God's goodness in our lives. We testify that God's loving mercy and grace, that he continues to perform that in our lives, that he has carried us through some hardships, the death of a loved one, a disease, a heartbreak. We've walked through bullying, fighting through an addiction, that he's loving and caring, that even in our failures and our lapse of judgment or when we turn our back on him, that he is always there waiting for us to turn our heart back to us with his open arms embracing us once more, the prodigal son. Our lives are a testimony. We are witnesses of how awesome Jesus is. Now, some of you may be thinking, come on, Rich, I really don't have a testimony I really don't have a testimony. I mean, I, I mean, I like, boom, boom, I was born a follower of Jesus or something like you feel like because you've been walking with Jesus all your life. Let me just tell you this. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you've given him your life. I don't care what, what age it took place. You have a testimony. You have a testimony because you were once lost. And you were found. You were walking in blindness, but now that you can see. You were living in darkness, but now you're walking in light. And the tragedy that you're looking for, like, come on, Rich, I didn't have a tragic life, would be at the end of your life if you didn't have him in your life. And the place that people are going, the place where you would go without Jesus was worse in many words than I could string together. Just think about how many things God protected you from. That he carried you through. That he called you to himself at so young. You still have a testimony. Testimony to share. We are witnesses. That leads to the second part is this. Witnesses know the role. 
Witnesses know their role. Look back at verse 6. And they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set it by his own authority. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's stop there again. Jesus' followers was looking at that moment for Jesus to physically set things right in the world, to become the physical king over Israel and set things straight. And Jesus was very, very clear to them, this is not what you should be worrying about, friends. What you should be worrying about and focused on is the mission that I'm giving you. And the mission that I'm giving you as followers and part of the church is to reach people with a message of hope. And it starts right here in Jerusalem. And it spreads out from there to the ends of the earth. That's what I want you to be focusing on, friends. It's kind of like when you throw a rock in the middle of a pond. Has anybody ever done that? One person? Come on. Did you, did you grow up on a rock? You got to throw the rock. See, when you throw a rock in the middle of the pond, it splashes and the ripple effects. And it starts in the center and it keeps on going and going and going and going and until it gets to the edge of the pond. Friends, we are a part of the ripple effect. God's plan to reach people for Jesus, with Jesus Christ. Throw a rock in. Watch it happen. Identifying where you're at. And continue to reach going out further and further. But if I'm being honest, I believe there might be an identity crisis happening in the church. There might be an identity crisis. I believe that people can know, we can know that and understand that we are in Jesus, right? We're in Jesus. I am in Christ. I have given my life to him. He is my savior. He is my Lord. He leads me in life. I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. I don't know where my life would be without Jesus. We can all probably say things like that. And that's absolutely true. That's an amazing truth that we should never, ever forget. But it doesn't stop there. There is more. See, we're not only in Jesus, we are in the church. And to be in the church means we have a mission to live, a part to play, a role to fulfill. And there's no way, friends, there's no way that we can separate the two. They are deeply rooted to the get together through the blood of our Savior himself. We are witnesses. Witnesses know our role of sharing the message of hope. And you know, we could start very, very simple by inviting people in. On your seats this morning, go ahead and grab them. There are these invite cards, right? You either slid them to the side, you put them in the pockets in front of you, or you didn't see them and they're stuck to the back end of you right now, right? Pull them, pull them out. Everybody grab them, put them in your hand and show me that you have them in your hand. Yeah, I see people grab them. They're on the floor. They're in the pockets. I'm watching it. I'm seeing it happen. Show me. You know how simple it is to invite someone to church? It could change their lives forever. 
And we try to make it simple. Hey, come check out my church. I'd love to have you join us on a Sunday. I'd love to have you with us. Jesus changes everything. How hard is that to do? So don't put those cards back in the pocket. Don't, don't put them on the floor. Don't put them on it. Put them in your wallet, your purse, whatever, your pocket. Take them home and hand them out this week. It's that simple. You can invite them to be a part of your lives. You can invite them to be a part of your, your small group. It's when we celebrate all the time out loud what Jesus is doing in his church, publicly, how what he's doing in our community. And you're like, whoa, whoa, Rich, publicly? Man, I'm all right with showing up on a Sunday morning and who you say I am, right? I'm okay with that. I mean, but you want me to go outside these walls and and talk to people about Jesus? I mean, I don't want to irritate my friends. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I mean, I'm going to just step in and, and bother them and offend them. Witnesses know their role. And their role is never about themselves. It's about loving their neighbors as themselves. It's about loving them so much that we're willing to cross that line of being uncomfortable or offending because we believe in the message is that important. Come on, I, I've handed out invite cards. I was at a, I think it was Walmart in PA at one point. I was standing there inviting some young lady to our church and I was standing there holding that card and she was just staring me down. And I was like, I'm not budging. Take the card because I'm not leaving. And the people behind me are like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Whoop. She finally took it. Now, she didn't show up at church. We are going to offend because the gospel offends people. Because they don't believe that their sinners are far away from God. That they need Jesus. But if you have said yes, and he is your Lord, you're a part of the church, you know better. Witnesses know the role. We have been sent. And let me just stop right here and share this. If you're in this room this morning, you're watching online, and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you cannot be a witness yet. You cannot be a witness for him before what hasn't happened to you yet. Your first step of becoming a witness for Jesus is by surrendering your life to Jesus right here, right now, this morning. There's no, my, no mistake that why you're here this morning to hear this message. Witnesses, we are Witnesses. Witnesses know the role. And lastly, witnesses go. Witnesses go. Look back at verse 8. It says, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The mission, let's stop there. The mission wasn't to be stagnant. It wasn't meant to just sit in Jerusalem. The gospel had places to go. It had people to reach. And this is why I love the way this passage ends. Look at verse 9. After he said this, after Jesus had said this, he was taken up before the very eyes. 
and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who had been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. Let's just stop there again. Jesus was done. He proclaimed what they wanted him to do. He went up to heaven. He said, on the right hand of the Father, he gave his orders to his disciples. And they were left just staring at the sky. I mean, you've got to try to imagine what was happening here. They're sitting here talking to Jesus, and he's going up, and he's rising, and they're looking, and, they're just, and he's gone, and he's, they're still staring, looking up, and then all of a sudden these two angels show up. What's up? What are you staring at? You just saw him go. He's going to come back the same way he went. What are you staring at? Didn't he give you orders? Didn't he tell you what you're supposed to do next? Why are you sitting here staring at the sky? Go. Oh, man. Too many times you and I, we get caught staring at the sky, don't we? We get so wrapped up that we're in Jesus, we forget to go and share Jesus. We become too heavenly focused to be any earthly good. I love Jesus. He's coming back soon. Stop staring at the sky and go. Witnesses. Go. They live out personally. We live out corporately as a church. The mission of making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ because we have been sent. That is the mission given almost 2,000 years ago. And Vertical Church has been blessed to be a part of it. A church that God desires to use for his purposes. That means you and I are sharing the message of hope. That means we have people in our lives that are far from God, that we're having conversations with, that we're investing in, we're praying for, we're inviting them into our lives, invite them to church, invite them to our small groups. Why? Because we believe the message is that important and because without Jesus, people end up in hell. That's just a reality. And we never think we're a church that we come with this idea that we have arrived. We're not done till Jesus comes back. We're not done. We have work to do. People are far from him, going to spend eternity separated from him. And we should be like Paul, this deep-rooted sorrow that the people around us, people in our lives, our family members, coworkers, our school classmates that are around us, right? Like, they don't know him. Man, I wish I could just give my salvation up and just set it aside. And if I did that, they could all have it.
And the biggest question that comes from this kind of conversation is how? How do I share Jesus with others? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. You guys are smart. Come back next week as we continue to figure out how. And God shows us through his word. But this morning we have to decide if we personally, we as a church are going to have beautiful feet that brings the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? You know, one of the ways that we're, we're leaning into this and a lot of decisions we make from this point as we move forward as a ministry is to do this to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and this summer we'll be holding what we call kids camp. This is how it's important is we're going to start with our kids. We're going to have kids camp. And kids camp is what we know as VBS, but it's going to be nothing like VBS. It's something brand new that's being built by the volunteers and staff from the ground up. And what we're hoping to do is to engage the kids of our community for Jesus. I love the phrase, come and get some mores, Jesus. I'd show up just for that. But if you want to be a part of this, in the, in the kids' hallway, you can grab some information from it, save the date. Registrations are coming up. Volunteer signups are coming up. But this is just one way, as a church, that we want to reach our community with the message of hope. Another way is those invite cards that are in your pocket. We believe in our mission. And we will not deviate from the mission because, again, I believe with everything that I, ha- I have and everything that I am, when Jesus said, I will build my church, he meant it. He will build it through you, through you, through you, through you. You just have to decide if you're willing to let him You have to decide, church, if you're going to be a witness, a good witness, that sets our preferences aside to reach the most possible people with the greatest message ever given to mankind that Jesus saves. So what do you say? Are you in? That was non-committal right there, friends. Are you in? pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your word of truth. That sometimes it's too convicting to ignore. And you've made it really, really clear. Yes, Jesus came to save, to save us. And I'm so thankful because I personally don't know where I would be without Jesus in my life. But I know it doesn't rest with me, Lord. The message can't stop with me. It needs to be proclaimed. There needs to be a testimony. You're saying, can I get a witness from my church? 
And my prayer, Lord, is that we will be that church, that we will stand in the gap and proclaim the truth of your son. We'll move beyond our uncomfortableness that we have, our fear, and we'll do and be what you've called us to do and who you've called us to be. And when we do that, take hold of every opportunity. We will grow. Grow in you and growing in our community. Have the impact that you've called the church to have. I lift us up. Give us the strength and the courage to live that out. Give us the wisdom and understanding of the truth. And God, as we walk through this series and equip our lives to do just that, that we will be committed to that. It's not a series you just walk through and set aside and think that was good or that was bad. But we'll have our heart and minds open, ready to receive so we can reach the people that you've put in our lives on purpose, for purpose. Lord, we love you. We worship you. This is your church. You lead us through your spirit that resides in us as your children. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, at this point, I'm going to invite our, our prayer team to come forward. And if you are struggling with anything this morning, I want to encourage you to come forward to our prayer team. They want to pray with you. They want to pray over you. They want to speak into your life the words of truth. And if you're here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, maybe it's time to come forward right here, right now, and have a conversation and do just that, to become a witness. what he's called us to do. Love you, church. Have a blessed week. See you next week.